0: You're listening to a podcast from 702 702 The BRICS Report Brazil Professor Lyle White, Director of the Centre for Dynamic Markets at uh, the University of Pretoria's uh, G- Gordon Institute of Business Science, Gibbs uh, is on the line. Hiya Lyle, Lulu is going to be tried for corruption. This is a big story.
1: Yeah, morning John and it really is. So many people have referred to what has been breaking down or the bro- the breaking down of the political systems in Brazil as that famous House of Cards series that has been playing out with uh, with Underwood in um, in the United States, etc. And this is following uh, the expulsion of the Speaker of the House, Eduardo Cunha, that happened about two weeks ago and now Lula da Silva, who was really one of the great leaders of the developing South and the very famous uh, Brazilian president that, uh, that preceded Dilma Rousseff, he is now going to be tried for corruption and Lula da Silva will stand trial for this corruption for money laundering charges over the alleged scheme with the state-owned uh, oil company, Petrobras. Now he, um, a prosecutor or say that he accepted $1.1 million in bribes connected to this multi-billion dollar scheme Um, and Lula who is 70 years old Uh, was already uh, charged in August with other obstructions or uh, uh, allegedly obstructing investigations into this. He obviously denies any of the wrongdoing, John. He says that these accusations are politically motivated. You know, he is running for this next election in 2018, and I think that is probably the most interesting part of the story, that uh, he is trying to revive the Workers' Party, um, but the criminal investigation or conviction would bar him from running in 2018. And according to the polls, he's currently the front runner in the country for that election.
0: Isn't that fascinating? We'll follow that one with a lot of interest. And the current president uh, is trying to reform Brazil.
1: Yeah, so uh, Michel Temer, he is, he is the current president and he has vowed to push ahead with very unpopular measures to revive the troubled economy, uh, saying his lack of electoral ambition gives him a free hand to act. Now, he is not running in 2018, which I find very, very interesting, but he's now suggesting that because he is not running, he's going to use all that political capital to push through very, very difficult reforms. Um, and, and so, and this is exactly what he's doing. He's, express, he's expressing confidence that Congress will approve uh, his proposals by the middle of next year, to limit public spending and reform many of the pensions which uh, as many of us know is this is one of the the stumbling blocks and and heavy expenditure items in the Brazilian economy uh, and investors investors international investors have welcomed this he's currently or he was actually in New York um, last week I believe he has returned home and he is uh, convincing in, in, investors there and advertising his proposals currently though John you know uh, uh, inflation is running at about nine percent in the country and in, unemployment is at the highest since 2004 so it's going to be an- an uphill battle for uh, for Temer who is facing a lot of pushback even from his own party who are uh, who are suggesting that he needs to boost pay for civil servants at a time when Brazil is in, is in this precarious state so uh, the bottom line is really he has to convince skeptics that the worst of Brazil's crisis is over and from my reading john the, the economy has already hit rock bottom and it, it, it can only recover now. And I believe the recovery will start from the end of this year and into next year when we'll start seeing economic growth in Latin America's largest economy.
0: We shall see. And we'll, as Brazil back to normal after, I mean, we remember what it was like after the World Cup, the build up. And then afterwards, I mean, they've had the, the World Cup and the Olympics. It's an extraordinary development.
1: Uh, John, this must have been the most extraordinary period um, of, uh, in Brazilian history, not only because of the, the, poli- the political crisis, the economic recession, impeachments, all the rest of it, but they have just gone through this bumper period of mega events. You know, it's close to 1,200 days of build-up and hosting mega-sporting events that all came to an end just last week with uh, the end of the, the Paralympics. It began with the Soccer's Confederation Cup in 2013, extended to 2014, the World Cup. Um, it ran into the Olympics, as you know, from last month, and then finished with the closing ceremony of the Paralympics in front of 45,000 spectators in Rio's Maracana Stadium. Now, it's an incredible period that put Brazil in the spotlight, in the global spotlight, probably at a time that it didn't really want to be there <laughs> you know, during the, the deep recession and the political corruption and the scandals that led to the impeachment of its president. At a conservative estimate, John, Brazil spent about $30 billion organizing these events. Many of them, um, you know, uh, they, they suggest are white elephant soccer stadiums. But Rio benefited extensively uh, f- through metro lines, ext- the extension of metro lines, light railway. But many say that it was the upscale suburbs in Rio that benefited, not the slums, even the Olympic village is going to be turned into uh, high-end residential par- uh, uh, properties. One thing that is interesting, John, is that Brazil's reputation away from home, its international reputation, did not really receive uh, a, a good kind of outcome. Only a handful of foreign leaders actually visited the Olympics ju- uh, this time around compared to about 104 years ago in London.
0: Very interesting. Thanks very much indeed, Lyle. Our BRICS Report Brazil.